Welcome to Bible Chicks, women who are normally just as is, but we're at our supernatural best when we choose to read, believe, and live out God's Word, whatever's going on in our lives. So get ready to laugh with us and be blessed as you hear our unique stories and inspiring music. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be good. Reading, believing, living His Word. Praying, never receiving all the truth that we've heard. Loving and growing and hoping our faith is showing. Don't you know we're Bible chicks? Hi, I'm Carol Brewer, and welcome to another Bible Chick show. Today, I'm so blessed to have Rachel Coggins, retired Army chaplain, as our special guest. But first, I am so blessed to share a song with you that I wrote a few years ago called Your Love Lives On.
I found God's perfect love in my life. I know that it's forever, that it's eternal. And my guest today understands that very well. Her name is Rachel Coggins, and I want to just welcome you, Rachel, to the program. Thanks so much for being here. It's my pleasure, and thanks for singing. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks so much. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background, just briefly about that, because I want to get into so much of what's happened overseas in your ministry there. But how did you come to know the Lord? It was my great privilege to be uh, raised in a Christian family. Uh, We were uh, church members. We were Baptist. We went to church uh, all the time. That was a definite part of our our life. And so I learned to uh, love the scriptures and Jesus as a child. I had a beautiful relationship there. I did have a little time in my teen years where uh, I questioned God and all that I uh, had learned. But it just seemed to serve as a... um, a catalyst to bring me back, and when I came back, I was so on fire for for God and to spread the message of Jesus. It's mm-hmm. neat. And you you had a call on your heart. Do you have a specific time when you felt that calling to actually get into ministry? I do. Um, I was a college. Uh, Freshman, and uh, during the summer of my uh, between my freshman and sophomore year, God really worked on me, and uh, there was a revival at our, our college, and uh, I made a full commitment back and began to work in the uh, Baptist student unions that were there, and absolutely loved the work uh, working with vacation Bible schools and children's ministry, and um, I knew that this is where God wanted me. Where was that? What college? That was Hammond State uh, in Hammond, Louisiana, uh, Southeastern Louisiana University. You're from the South, aren't you? Oh, definitely. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you're calling in from Navarre, Florida. Florida. Now, this is where you're living now. So, you went back to your roots to the South, you know, in, in your retirement. Yes, it's very similar here, actually. Mm-hmm. So, you were, were you on staff at a church? For a while, I've been a music director, um, children's director, but always in the mostly in the military when we were assigned different places. Right, because your husband is also in the military. He was he was an Air Force chaplain. That's how I got to be an Army chaplain. I think that was his idea, and actually, it's his father's idea. His daddy was an Air Force chaplain. Mike was a chaplain. I'm a chaplain. His brother's a chaplain. So it's in the family. What is this Air Force and Army? And you you, you get along yeah. real well then, huh? That's good. Oh, friendly competition. <laughs> okay, good. And so, were you ever? How did that work for you? Um, so, first of all, you decided to be an Army chaplain. You you kind of explain that how that how you went into that. But was your husband on a tour in one area and then you on another, or how, how was that coordinated in your marriage? Um, we've been separated um, just the last 10 years. We were separated five of those years. Mm-hmm. So we weren't always together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the deployments. When uh, I, I joined the Army Reserves, and so because of that, it was much more flexible. And when when my husband would get a new assignment, I would move with him and then find a new job for myself. It, and it always worked out beautifully. Oh, that's great. 
I mean, you know, God is so good. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely God. Mm -hmm. So tell me about some of the, you know, as you entered as an army chaplain, tell me about some of your tours. You know, where were you stationed? Well, as I said, whenever my husband moved, I would move. And uh, so we've been all over the world. Not not exactly, but we lived in Turkey. We've lived in Europe. Uh, we've lived in California, where I met you, Las Vegas, um, Arizona, Georgia, and Florida, and Massachusetts. It's a long list. <laughs> it is. It is. And that's not the easiest, is it? I think it's called um, homesteading, if you stay more than two or three years in one place. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. Well, I we think they. I heard that from an Air Force chaplain, a friend of mine, and that's what he <laughs> said. So they make sure that you move after two or three minute, three years at the max. You know, you have to move someplace. So uh, it. So I. One of the things I found out about the Air Force community, uh, being a singer and singing on several for several Air Force bases, is that. Uh, when you have a short amount of time to meet people, the Air Force community, a Christian community especially, is so friendly because it's like, well, we have two years. Let's get on, you know, let's get acquainted really fast. And so there, there's a lot of warmth there and that immediacy of engaging, you know, making new friends. And I, I really appreciated that so much as I was visiting bases and as a guest. So. And how about PWOC? Are you a member of the Protestant Women of the Chapel? Or I definitely was, and uh, was very, very active with that, and a, a speaker there, and a president of one, some of the clubs, and uh, not so much now, though. Mm-hmm. Well, what are some of your most memorable moments as chaplain? What would you say over the years? I... Uh, I have been deployed myself four times, so it was very eventful, even though I was a reservist. And one should not say just a reservist. It was a very, very important job, very active. And I was, uh, my second deployment was to a place called Ali Asalim, Kuwait. And it was uh, very near Iraq. And it was, um, it could best be described as a uh, a place where um, our soldiers would come in and they would stay there and travel out to another location. So it, I was there almost a year uh, and an average of 1,500 soldiers or military members would come through there every day with every story imaginable, every branch, every thing that you could conceive of came through there. And I heard so many of the stories. It was an absolutely amazing time to um, get to know an amazing people, the American military. And you were a greeter. Were you right there at the air, air base or when people came in as a greeter? How were you positioned to meet so many? You could call it that. It was... Um, I was the gateway chaplain, and again, gateway stands for we, it was the gate to um, to Iraq or to Afghanistan, wherever they were going. And there was a it, um, tents placed around so that the soldiers that were coming from America would stay there, waiting for their plane into the battle area, into the war zone. Or if they were had been there and they were coming out, they would stage there for a little while until their flight was ready. And 
they would fly back then to the United States. So that's how we had so much traffic coming through there. Right. So did you, did you actually shake hands with all of those that, people that came through? And, and tell me about your uniform. I know you were saying something about that before when we were talking before the show about how you were able to communicate right away. Well, there was a pattern at the gateway where people coming in, and they had uh, staging areas where they would give briefings. And if you were at the right place at the right time, I could literally see everybody that came through there. So I learned this pattern, and, and I would walk it every day, and uh, I was able to see everybody there. And so I would I would learn their stories. And, you know, the Army wears patches, and there, there are certain patches that mean um, that tell me where they live. I know where, where they would live. I know where they were going back to. I knew if they were infantry, special forces. And because they would come through and tell me stories, if I'd see that same patch a little later, I would know a little bit about the intensity of where they had been. And I could begin a conversation right, right then and there. They would have... We're going to take a quick break because I want to hear about some of those stories. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back with Rachel Coggins and hear about some just all that she did in her service for our country. We're so grateful for your service, Rachel, and we'll be right back. Singer-songwriter Carol Brewer reflects lasting expressions of God's love through her beautiful music and inspiring writing. Audiences connect with both Carol's contemporary and traditional songs of worship and praise. She also teaches others to sing God's praises through her popular voice training book, Cooking Up a Song. Pick up Carol's music and books today at Amazon.com, iTunes, and BibleChicks.com. We're back with retired Army Chaplain Rachel Coggins. Rachel, it's been a blessing to hear your story so far, and I want to hear about how you were able to communicate your love for Jesus without even saying a word. It was the uniform, and on uh, on, on my hat, we always wore a hat, was a shiny uh, silver cross that was very evident and very obvious to all to see because uh, normally people wear their rank there. So people, military members are very conscious of rank. If you're outside and it's an officer, they have to salute immediately. So they're always looking. The first thing you look at is not the eyes, but you look at the top of the hat to see what the rank is. Mine was a cross. Hmm. And it was what a privilege and blessing it was to wear that shiny cross right on my forehead. It was also over my heart hmm. uh, in, in another place. So people knew immediately, well before I ever walked up, that I was a chaplain. So, hello, chaplain, was a very common expression that we would hear from people. It was the infantry in Iraq that was doing much of the door-to-door and on-the-ground fighting. So it was very, very intense. And if, if you've seen the movie American Sniper, uh, you, you got a taste of, of what they were doing. He was a special forces guy on the roof, but the ones that were on the ground, I saw and spoke to so many of those young people and just heard such heart-wrenching stories. And uh, mm-hmm. we should 
really be a proud of, of our heroes like Chris Kyle, who were protecting them uh, because it was so, so dangerous yes. on, on the ground. Yes, and so I'm sure your presence was such a comfort, and you were also able to lead services, weren't you? Actually, it was another chaplain that did that. My job was was full time to, uh, as you said, be the greeter to be mm-hmm. to fifteen hundred people a day traveling through there. That was all I could handle. <laughs> right. So <laughs> your presence was a comfort. Those getting off the plane in a foreign uh, land, so far away from home, and even with all the training and and all that, uh, you know, the preparation, there still has to be a lot of anxiety getting just the new thing and getting off, uh, getting into a new area, and all that was uh, their job required, knowing that they would be, you know, putting all of their training to the test, and your presence was, I'm sure, a great comfort, and so. Some of the comments that you were saying, can you think of any other comments? And I'm sure you wrote about this in your book, which is Gateway to Iraq. So tell us about some of your favorite stories and some of the, just more. We want to hear more about your experiences. Yes, um, it's a 24-hour book. So there are 24 different stories in there. It starts at midnight and goes uh, goes all the way around the uh, hour to one o'clock in the morning. And I uh, put in 24 different stories that will, would give a, a little synopsis of what I, what I was doing. So many of the soldiers though, they, they would go home for R and R for two weeks and come back. And it was such, such a change from coming back to America, living with your family, playing with the kids and nobody understanding what the heck you had been doing in a war zone and then coming back. And a lot of times that was a real um, tough, tough time when they realized they were going back into a battlefield. They realized they may never see those kids again because they may not come back. And it was very, very dramatic. And many of our brave soldiers would uh, be talking to me in the middle of the night, just very upset about uh, things that had happened at home or things that could happen. And it was um, very troubling to them. So I would I would pray with them. I'd talk with them, calm them down, help them to unravel just a knot of, of emotion and um, the complexities of everything they had seen. Yes. And help them, uh, help them to get through this. I mean, it was some very, very dramatic uh, prayer times and counseling sessions that I had there. So and when I, when you came home, I'm sure it took you a, a while just to process everything and just get back into that calm and peace that comes. I'm you had to be under supernatural calm and peace where you were, God's presence where you were, and then probably took you a while to unwind yourself when you came back, I would imagine. I think I'm still unwinding. That's mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gardening so much now. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love gardening. And uh, I th- this is something that, that will stick with you for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for your service. I'm grateful that you were the listening ear and that um, probably made a huge difference in so many lives that we won't even know about. Share with me one of your favorite scriptures that got you through all of this um, great calling on your heart. 
I like Galatians 6.10. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good mm. and to all, especially those in the household of faith. But I, I would just say, let us do good to all. And I, I would just say that to myself constantly and with every ounce of energy that I have and actually didn't have, I know that was a God thing because some of that was, some of it was, I would be so exhausted, mm-hmm. but I would keep going and there were, the need was so great. Uh, being at the right place at the right time. You know, I just want to tell this one little story. Uh, somebody said one time, well, you're just helping a little. You're just going to do, be doing Band-Aid ministry because you're going to see so many people so fast. But God spoke to me about uh, the shepherd, and you st- the shepherd stands at the gate, yes. right? And he's watching his sheep pass through. But he's not just watching. He's looking intensely. He's looking for who has a thorn. He's looking for who has a cut or a bruise, or a hurt foot, and he immediately pulls those sheep out and puts ointment on those on that wound. And you know, if you put ointment on at the right time, you're good. But if you let that wound go too long and it gets infected, you could get seriously ill from that. You could actually die from that. I was the gateway chaplain. I stood at the gate watching these soldiers come through, walking through, coming through, coming through. And God gave me a sense for finding the wounded, finding the hurt, sitting down and listening to them and applying God's holy ointment to that wound through prayer or through listening. And it was it was a miracle. It was it was God's working. It it was the greatest way to help stay away uh, infection that could last forever. It was a great privilege. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And would you just address those that may be home now, you know, that are listening to this program? Would you just say a prayer um, or what's on your heart specifically to those? that we welcome back to our country and to our homeland. This is a prayer that I prayed over them as we as they were going back into the war zone. And it says, Holy God, we join the prayers of many around the world who are praying for your protection. Hide them under the covert of thy wings, O God. Under the shelter of your wings, protect them. And send them home safely again. Amen. We pray that all those who are listening, may you have a, if there are any women out there, may you be encouraged by my story to find your calling, your special calling. I pray for all of our soldiers and family members. I pray for your strength and courage. It does take supernatural strength and courage, but I know that I know that God provides that. And we pray for that for you. May he shield you and guide you and lead you in his ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rachel Coggins, for joining us today. Make sure to tell us, Rachel, where we can get your book, Gateway to Iraq. You can find it on Amazon. That's the easiest thing. Okay. Amazon.com, Rachel Coggins' book, Gateway to Iraq. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and welcome home. 
And I have a chance now to share one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. You know, that means that you've been given a new chance, a second chance start to your life that you're a brand new person, free from guilt and shame and completely renewed in God's image. I found that freedom and my new beginning, and that's why I wrote this song. I hope you're blessed. A new beginning, a fresh new start, another chance to change my heart. I'm a new creation born of God. Filled with His Spirit and love New life, a new life I've given Him my heart And He's given to me A new life The past is past and I'm moving on To a new life Another trial, and there's more pain, but Jesus is walking me through it again. His yoke is easy, His burden light, and I'm walking by faith, not by sight. Into life, a new life, I've given Him my heart, and He's given to me a new And I'm moving on Through his eyes I clearly see And those memories Those memories Have no hold over me Jesus gives me his strength He gives me past is past, and I'm moving on to new life. I hope you are too. You know, it's a new beginning, a fresh new start. In Christ, you're totally and unconditionally approved of, loved and accepted. Now you can have an intimate and completely fulfilling relationship with God. Say yes to Him today. Seat Him on the throne of your heart and make Him Lord of your life. 
Thanks again for joining us today. And I want to thank Rachel Coggins one more time and make sure to get her book, Gateway to Iraq, at Amazon.com. Find out the latest also for us at BibleChicks.com and please like us on Facebook at Bible Chicks with Carol. Also, check out my music and books at carolbrewer.com because your purchase will help support this program. I appreciate it so much. Remember that in Him we live, move, and have our being. Reading, believing, living His Word, praying, never receiving.